Hey everybody, this is Dave Broadbeck coming to you from my podcast studio, which is actually in my daughter's old bedroom. Anyway, uh, coming up, Psychology 3256, Advanced Univariate uh, Statistics. used to be called Design and Analysis, but that was a stupid name, so we changed it. Uh, I hope you like it. This is for fall of 2019, by the way. And uh, you like it or not, look. I took a trip the other day. Seconds ago, we were talking about. Anyway, I was talking about sample statistics for the standard deviation and the variance. Um, it's funny because standard deviation is a lot more intuitive, like it, it's in the same units, but we tend to use variance a lot more. And I, we talk about explaining the variance. Uh, there's a mathematical reason behind that we don't really get into. The standard deviation, though, is one that the nice thing about it is it's in the same units, and like we talked, saw last time, it's kind of like it's got the same feel as the mean absolute deviation, so that's a good thing. Divide by degrees of freedom. Degrees of freedom are just the freedom numbers have to vary. Okay. We've arbitrarily assigned one value. We fixed the value. That's this, the mean. So because we fixed that value, we've lost the degree of freedom, okay? And I went through that little demonstration with you guys just throwing random numbers at me and it had to sum to whatever the hell it was, I can't remember. All right, questions? This is where we were last time. So questions about last time at all? I think we're in a pretty good place. Okay. So in our case, in fact, it, when you divide it by n minus one, we end up with 11.85. This is one of those things, by the way, if your calculator does statistical functions, or if you, your app on your phone or whatever does the calculator app does statistical functions, make sure you're using the right variance. You're using the n minus 1 as the denominator, not the one with n. And the strange thing is, like my calculator uh, that I got, my god, like first day of graduate school, so in 1988. Still kind of half works. I, I don't want to throw it away because it has some sentimental value, as odd as that may sound. Uh, so, strangely enough, it's labeled like this: sigma n minus one and sigma sub n. And in fact, there's no such thing as a sigma. That's a, that's, it's actually labeled incorrectly. It should be s and sigma. Because sigma, that's the stuff that's the, the uh, population parameter of variance, our standard deviation, and sigma squared for variance, uh, has n on the bottom. It doesn't have n minus one. So you might see that in your calculator or your calculator app. It's wrong, which is really annoying. No one ever calculates these things by hand. Uh, you can do this with a spreadsheet very simply. Typically, you use the, 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 the function in like Excel or Google Sheets or Numbers is SDDEV. So for the population, as mentioned here, sigma squared equals the sum of x minus mu squared over n, and then the, the square root of that is for the standard deviation. Notice it's a capital X. The capital X means that it's a parameter. 
they're real, they're, they're, they're numbers from the population. The big N means it's the actual size of the population. And the Greek letters tell you it's a parameter. These are population parameters. Okay, so that's a big difference. Population parameters are characteristics of populations. Okay, we describe a population. They're numbers to describe a population. They describe some characteristic of a population. I said that about forty times now. Whereas sample statistics are estimates of population parameters, and they're about samples. So statistics about samples, parameters of population. This is one of those things that shows up on quizzes, and sometimes it shows up to the point until everyone gets it right, so well into the term. Thursday, if it says parameter, it just say a number that describes a population. That's what it is. It's usually unknown, because if it was known, we wouldn't have to do statistics to estimate it, would we? We'd know it already, so why would we do the stats? We know the population. There are cases we know. Right? So if we have something like if we have a, a test that is designed to have a certain mean, a certain mu, IQ tests have a mean of 100. They're designed that way, so in the population it's 100. And the standard deviation is designed to be 15. The reason why we use IQ tests a lot in statistics examples, and early on in, in the, when we take like an intro stats course, is because we actually know the population parameters. We usually don't. Let's pretend that we do this. What would we expect the difference between those two populations to be? Yeah, zero. Not, not much, not anything. Shouldn't be anything, right? So in that case, we would get the, the average uh, height difference between two groups that come from the same population should be zero. And we use that to our set up a situation where we can estimate, where we can actually know the parameter theoretically, even though we don't necessarily know if they're, if they're, if they're two different groups we don't know, but if they're, if they're seem to be the same, what do we have? 
Now we don't often talk about this, right? But there's no effect. The two groups are the same. No, the interview was good. You were really good in that, by the way, that I saw on YouTube. That was really good. The other guy is not sitting there. He's not a psych student, right? No. No, he's not that. He was fine. I'm kidding. I kid because I love him. So we do that all the time, right? We say, let's see these two groups the same. Questions about that? So these are all parameters. Capital letters as a rule, and Greek letters as a rule mean parameters. Latin letters as a rule mean statistics. Okay? Statistics you calculate from a, from a sample. Parameters are numbers that are usually unknown that describe a population. They tend to be estimates. They are estimates of population parameters. But that's all they are. Statistics are numbers you calculate to describe a, uh, a sample. The calculation can be very easy and in the same statistic, and that's just updating the number of observations. That's a really easy thing. Okay. Other questions? This is it's good. This is basic stuff. What I mean by that is I'm laying the groundwork. variance of the standard deviation affected by extreme scores. Extreme. So, ever since Harold and Kumar, I say that whenever I say the word extreme. Um, okay, 159, 2030, that has a standard deviation of 11.85. We've calculated that before, right? Okay, let's throw in a new number and let's make it a big stupid number. Also, uh, and 729. batch of numbers is 1592030729. Okay, our new mean is really big, 132.33. And it's going to be big because it's been, it's been added on. We know how to calculate a mean, so we're going to read out all these numbers up. Now we divide by six. The new standard deviation, our new variance rather, is 85,555.067. So our new standard deviation is 292.5. We've added one number. We could probably make a case that that's an outlier of some sort, perhaps. But the point is, it seems that the variance and standard deviation are affected by extreme scores. It doesn't seem like it, it's just true. Okay, so that's just by example. 
So if the mean's affected by extreme scores, and we use the mean to calculate the variance of the standard deviation, it too, those they two, must be affected by extreme scores. And extreme doesn't really have a definition. It just means something way out of the ordinary. this in any way to, to our advantage. Um, we can look at something called the coefficient of variation. This is mentioned at the end of the chapter. Uh, this is by Katz et al. in 1990. That's what the data comes from. Okay. So there were two groups. Uh, one group studied, I think these were physics problems. If, I'm not, if I remember the study properly, I haven't, I haven't read the textbook in a long time. Um, and their mean score was 69.6. Their standard deviation was 10.6. The group who didn't study, their mean score was 46.6. Well, it makes more sense, right? They didn't win, so sort of they're failing. I said something. And their standard deviation is 6.8. One could conclude from looking at these numbers that there's more variation when you study, right? And that's bizarre to think about. Like, why should there be more variation when you actually learn the material than there is when you don't learn it? Please go ahead. Um, like in that study, it's not necessarily clear that you're getting more experience from studying the data than what you get if you cut out the weights or what the effect is on training. It could be. I mean, that's, and that's a reasonable deduction. I mean, it's, it's certainly conceivable that what you're saying makes some sense, right? That basically, some are, in essence, some questions are just easy and everybody gets them, and some are just, unless you've really studied them, you're never going to get them. So that means there'd be less variation when you study and more when you do study, because uh, when you study, had to learn and just to figure out different levels of expertise. It's a convoluted explanation, but it's an explanation, not a bad one. But this does look odd to me. This would surprise me. If I had two classes, right, and I had one class that had a standard deviation here and one class that had a standard deviation here, I'd be really, I'd be concerned. I'd be more concerned if I had one class that had a mean that much lower than the other than that would be the first thing. I taught multiple sections of intro before. Uh, once I taught three sections of intro, that's all I did. Which um, was bad because you don't know where you are in each class. something on the, on the side that's wonderful as a side effect, but really for me the main effect is, <laughs> did you have a good time? Did you enjoy the game show? Um, so the thing is, I got so confused, and, but the nice thing is I do tests and I look and I go, the average in both of these classes is 57. That's horrible, but at least it's the same. Right? And you know, the first test and intro and
Mike Marks got 17 points in first place in this game. A little more than most people. Right? I did well anyway. My marks on average went down by 17 points. So we might conclude there's more variation with studying. And that, and as Sean said, there is a sensible way to explain this, but it may be if we take the coefficient of variation, the CV, which is a, a calculation that not enough people do in situations like this, uh, and all you're doing here is you're taking the standard deviation and dividing by the mean. Look, we, we, we fix the mean. Why not standardize the scores by dividing by what we used to calculate the mean? That's all that is. And suddenly, we look and we see 1.152 and 0.146. Oh, actually, the amount of the difference in the, vari the variance is simply due to the fact that the mean is bigger. That's all it is. This is one of those cases where not enough people do this when they're doing sort of exploratory data analysis. So it's saying it's simply explained by the fact that this is a bigger number than this. It's not explained by studying makes some people dumber. So you can sort of use the idea of knowing about this to your advantage. Oh yeah, there you go. Right there, standard deviation divided by mean. It's, a, it's, it's one of these things, I think I've seen people talk about co coefficient of variation before in a paper. Uh, usually when there's a, something like this and they say, we did that, and you can see that it's just due to the mean being different, and people, oh, okay. It's not usually something that shows up in a paper or a talk. I should go back, but leave that slide there. But an issue that I kind of forgot. We'll talk about measuring central tendency, and we keep the means affected by extreme scores in a case like, you know, 1, whatever, like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 749. Why don't we, instead of using the mean in that case, as we're suggesting to do, maybe we use the means. See this a lot in labor negotiations. People sometimes get nasty looking at media. When I was at Morgan University, Mr. Landon went on strike. And the administration was saying, you know, the average salary uh, is uh, whatever, $99,000. And I said, okay, what's the problem? Some people make it a whole lot of money and it's totally average. So in that case, using the median makes a lot more sense. Right? So you hear about it, they say like when you hear about like look at stats like about the national uh, average income, things like that, oftentimes the median is used instead of the mean. Because there are some really wealthy people. So not as much in Canada as there are in the States. 
So the median in, uh, income makes a lot more sense to use wherever there's larger sort of income disparities. Okay, back to what I was going to talk about here. So there's a couple of other points. Um, we want to learn about populations, not samples. We calculate sample statistics, but we actually don't care about sample statistics. Right? Like, we want to do it properly. We care that much. But it's not like we're trying to estimate sample statistics. That, that, that's uninteresting. We're trying to talk about the population. We want to estimate population parameters of sample statistics. If we knew the population parameters, we wouldn't have to do the experiment. We could stop. Thing is, we usually don't. That's why we do science. That and of course the paycheck, of course. You know, you get published, promoted, all that good stuff. We want unbiased estimators of parameters. And you say, Dave, but if we don't know the parameter, the value, how can we know if we're under overestimating or overestimating? scenes mathematics that happens here. All this stuff was developed in first principles in the calculus. I'm not going to go into that so much as I said it will come up. But the thing to remember is that we know or we can know theoretically how much something under or overestimates, which ends up why we do things like the mean, on the other hand, is an unbiased estimator, x bar, of mu, of the population. S is an unbiased estimator of sigma. Okay. So if we were to take some numbers, This is a thing people, I think, have the most trouble grasping. And this, first of all, you're going to see some notation here that you should get used to. The E, and then with brackets, parentheses, that means the expected value of. Expected value just means what you would get if you calculated something an infinite number of times. Okay? If you calculated something an infinite number of times, what would you get? What is your expected value? Expected value, first of all, of x is x bar. x is a variable. Okay. The expected value of any of, of x, if we if we calculate x, if we sampled x an infinite number of times, what we should we get? We should get the average. 
Does that make sense? We expect to get the average over an infinite number of time samples. So if we calculate, and you can't really only calculate something like this, it's just a number. You calculate the average. We would expect over an infinite number of times the expected value of x bar of x is x bar. The expected value of k, k is a constant. K is always constant. Expected value of four. Well, it's four. What else did you get? But four. If I asked you what what's four, if I was to ask you what four is, and the number, the infinite number of times you saw four, it's four. Value is the mean, x bar. If we add k to all the values of x, we expect now a value of x bar plus k. Look at it this way. Let's make it a little bit concrete. Because some of you are going x is k and you're going k is I never said there'd be no math. So let's say it's an intro test and people do really poorly. So let's say what I, I, would, I would expect a mean actually about 60 in the first test and the intro second test. That's, that's what we expect to get. Over many times, it's not the same expected value, I should use this expected here. My experience tells me over all the times I've taught intro second and first test, there's a mean of 60. If I came up with a mean of 62, that's my fault. There's no way a group of 100 people, if we randomly selected 100 people, that are kind of small. It doesn't work that way. It must be that there's something wrong with your value of x plus k equals x bar plus k. So x is a variable. We've got a whole lot of scores. We could say it's a distribution of scores. We're going to add k to it. We're going to know the expected value over x bar plus k. Does that make sense? Okay. The variance of x plus k is the same thing. We've done the same thing. It's just sigma squared sub x. The, the, the variance doesn't change. The variance doesn't change. Think about this. Okay, so here's the scores. This is me. My, my arms are distribution of scores. My head is, is me and x bar. I add k to all the scores. It doesn't make it any better or thinner. And standard deviation. Does that make sense? I've 
Now, this is actually what I've written a few times that I've moved scores. This is how I move scores. I don't just add a constant to everybody. If I add constant to everybody, I'm rewarding people even more poorly. It's more than I reward people even better. You get 90 and now you get 98. Your score's gone up 8 out of 90, right? But if I add 8 to someone who got 50, 8 out of 50 is a bigger shot. I don't do that. I don't reward people. Fifty-two to sixty. I would multiply times times fifteen and thirteenths. But what that will do is it will move the scores over to get the average out of it. So x times k. If I'm going to multiply all the scores times a constant. Moves the scores over and then it becomes x bar times k. That shouldn't surprise anybody. Right? Does that make sense to everybody? I mean, when I say that seriously, you have to stop me if it doesn't make sense and I'll explain it. Okay, good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Please do that. Because I, I just have to assume that you understood it. Okay, good. So I've taken all the scores. And I've just multiplied them times a constant. Can I ask about three and three? Yeah, please. So these four things, if you're looking at this, if you're looking at a set of numbers and these the bar three and bar three, these are four different things. These are four different things that happen. No, they aren't the same thing. They're they they are, they are things that happen when you do different things in these distributions. The first two are for adding the distribution, adding the constant. The yeah. second two are for I mean, in this case, it'd be the sort of concrete example I'm using. What I'm trying to do is make all my scores have a, the same average, an average that I like. But it need be three. Yeah, okay, so good question. And Hannah, do you have questions? Does it make sense yet, or are you still? Um, I, I need lots of multiplications. Okay, so all I'm going to do here is multiply all the scores times some number. So to get, go from the mean of 52 up to a mean of 60, what do I have to do? I gotta multiply times some number, right? That'll get me to 60. So I want my final thing to be 60. And let's see, so it's x bar, which is 52, times x, right? Make sense so far? I know uh, I should. I should okay, I'm sorry. I just, I'm so used to doing algebra with x. With x is the unknown. It's just yeah, I know. yeah. So k equals sixty over fifty-two. Okay. Which I think is thirteen, fifteen thirteenths. I did the original thing. It's long. do that, I now have a mean, again, of 16 in our concrete example. I have moved all the scores over, but as I said, I've moved the higher scores over more. Okay, go back here where I'm in distribution. The higher scores are multiplied what times 15, 13 in our case, or k. 
I've changed the standard deviation. I've changed the shape of the distribution. When we just add a constant, we've done nothing to the spread out of the x-axis distribution. When we multiply times a constant, we've done something to it. Let's make this a little easier so I can do arithmetic in my head a lot easier because I, it's hard for me to. So let's say we have now a variance in our case of, uh, I don't know, 81. I'm just picking a number. And we're going to multiply times a constant that is 4. Okay? I'm going to say k is 4. So now our new variance isn't going to be just 81 as it was before. It's going to be 81 times we multiply times 4, 4 squared, or 16. So what's our new standard deviation? Because it doesn't say it there. Don't do the, do the arithmetic. Just, just tell me what, what it is. It is actually as obvious as some of you are thinking. Take the square root of s squared times k squared, so it's s times k. So now our new variance, our new standard deviation is going to be and that's 4, so it's 6. And I will bet you proper money that 36 squared is the square root of 6. One of the ways, if you're ever doing this, if you're ever required to do this, and for some reason your test you've done it properly, is you say, well, I'm just going to square that and see if I get the same square root. Variance is going to be a good test. Now, think about this. One of the questions on the homework assignment centimeters or inches? Yeah. They're in centimeters. And we're turning them into inches. So we're dividing by 2.54, right? Division is just multiplying times 1 over a constant. Right? So if I'm going to divide by, if I divide by 2, all I'm doing is multiplying times a half. The variance is going to be x bar divided by k, and the variance, so the, the, sorry, the expected value of x times k, so the mean, and the variance is going to be s squared over k squared. Because okay. division is just multiplying times 1 over a constant. Okay. Just like, what about subtraction? Subtraction is just adding a negative. So, and it's interesting because one of the questions on the assignment says, what happens to the shape of the distribution? And it's got to change because we're multiplying times, well, we're dividing by numbers, 
it's going to do certain things to smaller numbers differently than it does to bigger numbers. So it makes the variance is different, the standard deviation is different, the mean is different, the distribution is different, it's going to look different. But does that matter? No. It really doesn't. Because there's still measures of height. One's in centimeters, one's in inches. But there's still measures of So while the shape of the distribution seems to change, perhaps, because you multiply times a constant, it doesn't mean that the distribution itself, the basis of it, has changed at all, because it's still height you're measuring, and you're still using these two different measures. Okay. It would be like, like, would you say, for example, that if you were to compare incomes in the UK and incomes in Canada, <coughs> and the raw number you get in the UK is much smaller, because their money's different, they use pounds. They hardly make anything over there. It's not true. This exchange rate can look like this. We draw all kinds of shapes, ups and drops, and such. So we know what that. You shopped online and you went, oh, gee, that t-shirt is only $16. Oh, it's $23. Still the same t-shirt, you're paying the same amount of money, just a number of difference. So even if you have done this to a distribution, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Okay? Do we have any questions? Yes, go ahead. Sorry. example there, one, it was almost twice the size. So that's the case where you go, eh, that makes sense. And that's just a rule of thumb. And actually, there's no, the math behind why that's a rule of thumb is that people have done millions and millions and millions of simulations and found out that most things hold up just fine if you're just a small 
practical purposes, as long as a variance in four times greater or a standard deviation is twice the size of two groups, I don't care. And there's ways to fix that, by the way. Um, that could do with local transformation. That's why I'm introduced it now. We'll talk about it in volume one. But there are things you can do, and they're mathematically exceedingly sound, but this can change the scale. Right? That's all, and that's all we're really doing, is changing the scale. It sounds like cheating. No, you're probably all having the same question, so she's asked you that. When you're looking at a set of data, yes. okay, is there like a very specific width of things you go through that you do the same work every single time? Okay. Uh, what I do yeah. is different than what everybody, everybody else is there, I'll do the same thing, and too many people don't do it at all. I will tell you that right now. Okay. But the first thing I do is I just, I literally, I I have been looking at numbers a lot, not for my career, but I can look and go, that's weird. But that's the first thing I do. Then I just get means. Uh, it's same for different groups. Yeah. Okay. I'll just get means and look at them, and I look at standard deviations and means together. Okay. Um, if it's a small enough number, I actually do the calculations myself. I start, I start to do it, and then I do the computer to make sure that I haven't put anything wrong. But it, seriously, it just doesn't take me long to do that. Mm -hmm. And again, I've been doing. So that's what's neat. Then I graphs. I love making graphs. Uh, again, and I don't care about the, the axes so much because it's my data, so I know what to expect. So I'll just even tell Excel or whatever or go Google Sheets. Just give me some graphs. I'll just use the histogram function and just make some graphs. And that's where I start finding weird things. At the end of the day. And then you'll start looking at the Oh, yeah. That's, that's then we start going further and not stop here. Okay. But I mean, at first, I'm just looking at numbers, calculating me. That's, but that's my approach, my sort of, as my wife is the artist would say, that's my process. Um, everybody does it different. Okay? Most people don't do, if they got a small enough data set, will just literally look at the numbers as, as their first thing. Um, you have to have a feel for it. Right? You have to know that when you find something, you gotta look and go, why is that a double digit number when you're all single digit? Stuff I'm doing now, starting this week, probably. You know, we got these birds flying to different computers, and if one day suddenly we have hundreds and hundreds of digits, and every other day we have like nine, something weird's going on, <coughs> right? And we go to the people that are actually collecting these things. <laughs> not a convention, and I'd say, um, what happened here? And they say, well, it's uh, I don't know, it was really nice that day. That could be because the weather was horrible, but also, maybe there would be, but maybe our video cameras couldn't detect it, because the weather was horrible. Right? I have a friend who does work, uh, again, in a field like that, but has uh, birds all tagged, and then she finds out some days that the, that the birds just 
oh, like, don't get a meal. The thing says no birds came. Right. This other thing says that there were like 800 trials ran. Something's different. There's a discrepancy here. Something's wrong. Right? And that, that's happened uh, with, with this pandemic. Other question. Here's a good question. Good practical question. Okay, let's stop this part. So we do. Good. I took a trip the other day. Thanks for listening to the lecture. Um, all of the audio is available, of course, on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you're using. Just search for da uh, Dr. Dave Broadbeck's uh, Psychology Lectures from Algoma University, which is the most ungainly title ever. Uh, these are released under a sh uh, um, Creative Commons copyright share like 3.0 Canada. Uh, you can't use these for commercial purposes. Um, you feel free to share them uh, and feel free to mash them up any way you want. But if you do that, that means I get to do the same thing with your stuff. Sort of like the GNU license. Um, I hope you learned something. But if you didn't, I, unless you're one of my students, I really don't care. Um, the music, by the way, for each uh, song, for each uh, uh, 
episode, <laughs> lecture, uh, is uh, available. They're all podcasts, uh, like Podsafe Music. So if you want to uh, find out about the bands, there's links on my website at people.aoc.ca slash broadback. Uh, if those links don't work, just contact me and I'll find uh, I'll find out. Um, often I put links uh, actually in the, uh, if you want to call them show notes or blog posts. So, uh, you know, buy these people's music. They're, they're making the stuff available out there. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.